0: Hello, good morning, I'm MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are... Sober Sisters Talk. So we are here, we're in a different location today, so the sound might be a little bit different. We're actually outside, it's a beautiful day in Houston. But, um, and we have a guest, but before we introduce our guest, I just want to remind you that this is about uh, MG and I bringing our experience with multiple programs to you, our audience and out into the world it's really easy to be sober and to um, work a program inside the rooms and it's a little bit more challenging to do it outside in the world and um, so today i'm going to let mg introduce our guest okay great and i also want to say that
1: i like to say that i don't know how to keep anybody else sober i just know how to stay sober myself and so we're here to share our own experience strength and hope and what we do in our programs to help keep ourselves sober And today we wanted to talk about anorexia in regards to sex and love addiction because that's a a pendulum that they talk about in the literature that you know you can go from addiction to one end and anorexia on the other. And one of the people that I think has done so much work in our community, is that correct? you believe that? You've done a lot of work around it? I think so. Is uh, our
0: dear friend Sandy. And so we want to say welcome Sandy. Hello welcome we're glad she's here and so um, you know I want to just talk a little bit about the definition of um, anorexia and I think I was really like introduced to it um, the whole concept of anorexia by Sandy and I want to say too like it has a huge stigma in our in this culture here in Houston I don't know if it does in other areas but it's like you know people are like oh I'm not an anorectic
1: well, I believe like in, in anything that there are, you know, like I said, the pendulum and that sometimes I can swing toward the anorexia piece of it, but the research that I've done for myself and the exploration is that I put things into place. For example, when someone calls me, if, if I can take the call, I take the call. If I'm driving, I don't. But I don't sit on my couch and go, ugh, that chick, you know, I take the call. <laughs> And that because there is an anorexic tendency for me to like, you know, not want to engage or shut down. And what I do is I take, you know, action against that. So I don't, I feel like I could go down that path. I could go down that road. That's a very easy way to go. But I put things into place that prevent me from doing that because it's, I, I don't want to be an addict and I don't want to be an anorexic. So, so I there, have to stay and there the
0: are, I think there is a misconception that um, any type of sex and love addiction anorexia shows up as you know a total absence of love a total absence of sex and um, I know that Sandy has a lot of experience in um, you know participating in some of the development of our literature and working at a um, higher level um, with this and so why don't you just tell us what your experience is with it and how you know you would define it.
2: Okay well thanks Elizabeth. Yeah um, so anorexia for me the biggest the biggest piece of it, the one word, if you have to boil it down to one word, I would use the word as deprivation. And, um, you know, we're used to hearing the word anorexia when it comes to food deprivation, people that starve themselves. And, um, and maybe that's where the stigma comes in. I don't know. But but that's what anorexia is in the sex and love um, community, in the SLAA community it's not a deprivation of food, but it's a deprivation of getting one's emotional needs met. And um, a lot of times we don't even, as anorexics, we don't even necessarily know what our needs are. We're just so living on an island. And um, so I'm just gonna share my own experience with it, and, and I came into the SLA, the SLAA community um, as a love addict. I was. I spent decades um, chasing after unavailable people. And if you would have told me then I was anorectic, I would have been like, "What are you talking about? I, I so desperately want a relationship. I so desperately want to be involved." But the what I came to realize after. Um, Therapy and after being in the community for a few years, is that in fact the reason why I was chasing unavailable people was because I was anorectic. What better way to stay out of a relationship right. than, than, than to date somebody
1: or to yeah. go after
2: somebody who's just not available?
1: Yeah, I had a therapist say. You go after unavailable people because you're unavailable.
2: Yep. It was like, "What?" Exactly. I am not. And, and and that was certainly my that was certainly my story. And only I I just had no at the time I had no realization of that. And once I started realizing that dating unavailable people not only was that an extremely painful experience in and of itself. But that there was, uh, you know, sort of a story behind the story. I started realizing that that um, that I was anorexic, and I, I came I come by it very honestly, as most people do. I mean, my parents both were very anorexic. They were very anorexic within their marriage. They had a terrible marriage, and you have two um, emotionally anorexic people being married and staying married out of. I know it was the times, it was for so many reasons. But um, you're gonna have anorectic kids, and I know that I'm very anorectic. My sister, my older sister, is also very anorectic, although I don't know that she would define herself that way. I certainly define her that way, maybe that's not fair. But um, so, so what it comes down to again for me, what it's what it is is it's that feeling of deprivation and it's self deprivation. I mean. It's what I do to myself that that is the concerning issue, not so much what the world is doing to me. And I think that's kind of the, the issue with anorexia, is um, it's kind of how we punish ourselves and how we deal mm-hmm. in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's as we say in the literature, it's the not doing, the not doing, the not doing. And I think the other point that I would wanna make um, is that a lot of people confuse anorexia with? Well, I'm alone all the time, or I, I'm not in a relationship. Isolation or ice? Yes, thank you. Or Elizabeth. solitude. I, solitude. Yes. I love my
1: solitude. It's so important to my recovery. Right.
2: Right. I think solitude um, is a little bit different than isolation. Solitude to me is more of a choice, whereas isolation is more of a condition. And no, and I, I like think that. people confuse isolation and aloneness and not having, and really truthfully, isolation is a symptom. It is not the disease. The disease of anorexia itself. It is a symptom. It is what happens as a result of a consequence. Right? A consequence. It, yes, yeah, a consequence. Yeah. And so um, I think that. Um, I think that's kind of because like, I hear that a lot. Oh, I'm isolating, so I'm anorectic. Well, that might, yeah, probably, but that is not what anorexia right. is. Although
1: that is a consequence and a symptom of. So. Um, and what's avoidance in that whole definition? Well, um, so is that, is that a part of anorexia, or is it a separate thing? Or of do self? many
0: people confuse that word with? Yeah. yeah, yeah the right. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so let me. Uh, answer that question in two ways. First of all, let me answer that question in the strict SLAA (laughs) community. Okay. Okay. And then, and then I'll maybe talk more broadly about avoidance, but in the SLAA community, avoidance is not recognized. You will not see it in any of the literature. You will not read it in the book. You are a love addict. And on the other side, you are anorexic. Now, um, so, so in our community, when I, I hear it all the time. People come in the room and go, well, I'm avoidant. That, they may as well say, well, I'm pink with purple polka dots. It has no, it doesn't, it's, 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 it's something that Pia Melody wrote about. A lot of codependency books mm. write about it. Mm. But in our community, that does not really exist. Ah, interesting. Okay. So that's just a matter of semantics tr- truthfully but but I want to correct that. Now in terms of just just life and in general with anorexia and avoidance, taking it out of our community, um, yeah avoid you know it, it, anorexia and avoidance are different because avoidance means you're avoiding maybe it's social interaction, maybe it's sexual interaction, maybe it's dating. and you can't avoid all of that. And I would say, if you are avoiding those things, that probably is a symptom, again, of anorexia. You're self-depriving, yes. You're self-depriving, you're avoiding, mm-hmm, you know, you have mm-hmm. one, if, they're, if they say, well, I'm avoided, okay. Well, I think you have to look beyond that and go, well, what is it you're avoiding? Yeah. And what it is you're avoiding is, you know, if you're avoiding interaction, if you're avoiding love, if you're avoiding emotional n- nourishment, Well, then what's behind that is the anorexia. Ah, The why. Fascinating. The why. That is the why behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, people could be avoidant, and sure, I mean, you know, I, I guess if you use it in the broad context, I am too, but really what's behind all of that, you know, it's kind of like if you have pneumonia, you might be coughing and have all that, well... That would be the avoidance, but this, the illness b- below that is what's causing what's all of month. that. Oh, that's a really So there's a, there's
0: a line in that pamphlet, and you referenced it um, in the anorexia pamphlet, and um, it says, "We not, we don't, you don't do, you don't do, and you don't do." So what? And is, that's avoidance, I and, guess. And what is it that anorexics are not doing? Yeah, they restrict their that, food.
1: They restrict their food. So well, they, that's a the food anorexia. Okay, right, so how so. does it
0: how does it show up in SLAA? Like, what do you, not, MG? What do you not do?
1: Yeah, I. Um, you know, I've done a lot of thought, and I've done a lot of because, like, I spent like a year where I really explored and going to the meetings and really trying to explore the literature, and. Uh, You know, what I don't do is I don't date. I don't have any interest in that. And I don't know if that's my anorexia or if that's my avoidant. I mean, you know, I don't feel like I am. I mean, I went to an audition several months ago and there was a really good looking man who was age appropriate. who came up to me during the break and he said, I really liked what you were doing. And he had this cool rockabilly vibe. And I think I've talked about this before. And I was like, all right, hello. You know, and we went back in and I didn't like, well, where is he sitting? And I didn't, you know, wait for him afterwards. And I thought that that was, um, I thought that it was a good for my addict and, and it was a good for my anorexia that, that I didn't, that, you know, I was interested. And I was like, when I got the, when I finally got cast in the play and I got the cast list, I was like, I wonder if that guy got cast. Cause that would be interesting to get to know this individual. And so I feel like I am open to dating, right, that if there was someone who was appropriate that came into my life, I would be like, okay, great, but I don't seek it out. You're not actively pursuing it. And so I'm, you know, because I know that in the literature it talks about like anorexic, anorexia, and correct me, what I'm trying to say here is uh, like an emotional and a social and a sexual condition.
2: So, I know for me, when I'm in my anorexia, the feeling that I have, the way I can really recognize that it's my anorexic that's kind of acting out, is I just feel real shut down. You know, it's just a very shut down feeling. And it's um it's the opposite of wanting to engage it's the opposite of wanting to be out there and mm. you know socializing mm. or dating or whatever whatever it looks like it's just me wanting to be left alone me wanting to to um, you know i be, i feel internally grumpy i just ah. feel very very shut down and i think what that brings up is is also another piece of it you might someone might say well isn't that depression? Isn't you know mm-hmm. and I think that anorexia and depression kinda walk hand in hand. And I think sometimes for me it's really hard to tell the difference between whether I'm just depressed oh. or whether I'm anorexia or whether anore you know, that's how the anorexia is manifesting right. through depression. And for me, what that looks like is being shut down, not wanting to engage, feeling very um, irritable,
1: mm. um, kind of just being negative, dark. Well, like this, this, like this morning, I get like, you know, I like to sleep in. It's like my biggest, most beautiful piece of self-care. And like, you know, about 8.30, three people had texted me and I was like, what the fuck, people? Stop texting me. I was <laughs> like, leave me alone, us. yeah. <laughs> And I was like, you know, and these are all people who I love and I want in my life. But I was just like, don't
0: they not right now. Wrong.
1: And I'm just like, I just got to shut my phone off, you know, so that I don't get into that grumpy space. But is that a piece of it? Does that is that what you recognize as kind of be it where you're just like, ugh? Well, for me, you know, when
2: for me what that looks like is like I might know of um, some uh, social gathering that's going on and. You know, instead of going like, "Yeah, sure, I'm gonna go and and see what's up," you know, I'm just like, "Oh, what the fuck is that? I don't want to <laughs> do it." You know, I, you know, who's gonna be there? Do I really have to? And what's in it
0: for me? Is there anything that? Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I don't feel like what's in it for me. I just feel like I don't want to make the effort. Right. You know, I yeah. just don't want to make the effort to to go and do and to. And basically what I'm saying to myself at that point is I don't want to connect. I do not want to connect with what's going on out there. And, um, mm. you know, and, and and we all feel that way once in a while. I mean, you know, sometimes you just, you want solitude, like like you were saying, and that's perfectly fine. But when that feeling becomes a condition or when that feeling becomes a pattern, that's when, you know, that's. To me, uh, that's what my anorexia looks like. Well, so and I
1: what, think that that's a pen, pendulum swinging over to that side. And so I feel like pendulums can, like, go over and stay in an area. Because I can remember when I was so much in my addict, it was so hard to get out of my addict. Right. And when I was in New York, I really do feel like I did have, I was, like, really in my anorexic. Because where I lived, I just, like, stayed there all the time. Because, I mean, it was, like, a nice community. And so I could make myself think oh i'm talking to people because i would have breakfast and dinner with people but i wasn't actively going out and seeking that it just happened to be seeking there seeking
2: connection i think that's that's the part about anorexia is that rather than seeking connection we avoid it we don't want it we shut it down we'd rather stay home we don't you know and then what happens is one day we wake up and we're lonely, and we're like, well,
0: "Why am I alone? Why, you know, why do I feel uh-huh. so shitty?" And you can't do anything about and it. And then you're yeah. stuck. One of the words that um, we haven't used here is fear, fear and, yeah. um, and vulnerability. And I think the fear is a huge aspect of the. It is for me, and right. I know I've noticed it just in the past few weeks, like. Fear of showing who I really am. Fear of being my true self. Um you know fear of
2: being hurt. I mean it's anorexia Exactly. One thing about anorexia, it is very safe.
0: You know, anorexia
2: is a very safe space.
0: And so yeah, it's and that goes back to the pendulum because like, you know, Sandy and I are very similar and and when we came in we were You know these sort of like clingy needy you know love addicts and then we go to the other side where we're like not dating we're not you know participating yes there's nothing i'm not doing this i don't need that anymore And it is safe, and it feels, um, in the beginning, it feels really sober, but then all of a sudden, for me, I notice, like, Mm. it's been years, and um, that's not a really healthy thing.
1: Well, I've seen this, don't you see this as a trend that people that come into our program, once they get some sobriety and some peace around their sex and love addiction, that it's almost a natural tendency to become avoidant?
2: Well, I'm going to use the word anorexic and not okay, anorexic, avoidance yeah, because I, I think that I don't like, I really have a problem with the word avoidance. So um, I, I think that I don't necessarily know that it's a trend. What, I, what my personal belief is, and this is just my own feeling, it's not based on anything other than anecdotal evidence in my own life is I actually believe if you are a love addict, what is underneath all love addiction is anorexia. Yes, I do too. I think that anorexia is the basis for which love addiction um, lives. And I think that... Um, That's fascinating. I mean, and again, I you know, it's just what I believe. I think that anorexia is so prevalent in our society and people just... We don't recognize it. And one thing that um, Elizabeth said that I want to go back to, and I think this is really another big thing, is um, you were talking about how years go by before you realize, like, holy shit, what's up with that? And that's the other thing about anorexia. Um, Years can go by, and then one day you wake up and you go, wow, I am so lonely. Wow, why don't I have love in my life? Wow. Wow and that's sort of the you know and that's sort of to me the drag of anorexia is that a lot of time could go by before you wake up and go this doesn't feel good anymore and I think part of that is because we are so out of touch with our own needs and our own feelings mm-hmm. we're so disconnected mm-hmm. not only with the, the outer world but we're disconnected with ourselves mm-hmm. and then when we finally get connected it's really it's hard it's uh, it's a really hard it's a tough
0: realization you know it's really hard to swallow well one of the pieces in the pamphlet it also says is it's a uh, an addiction of busyness you know so like and that's it how it shows be. up for me it can it's be. like doing you know I'm doing all of these things I have all of these you know different projects and areas and groups and yet there's no real closeness or intimacy for me you know mm. and even in my family like using my family to feel that closeness and you know, but not having the one mate, you know.
1: And then I've also found that, that intimacy, that intimacy, yes. And I found that in terms, of, and I feel like I have a brother and I feel like I have a sister who I think also coming from our family of origin have these tendencies and behaviors as well. And I also see that I have, um, you know, cultured friendships with people where I don't really have to show up. And sometimes those relationships have changed and evolved and grown deeper, where I do have that intimacy, but I do see that in others. And so, you know, now that I'm, uh, it's like now I'm showing up, and I'm like, now I'm ready to be intimate, and they're not, you know. And it's just like, oh, oh, isn't that interesting? So, you know, I'm trying to work within the friendships and the family dynamics that I have right now, and trying to show up for them in a way and hope that they're gonna like maybe trust me enough that you know my friend who's known me for 30 years knows that she can show up for me. But I I think that that's just so fascinating and I just love all of what you're saying. And and I, I think I'm gonna agree with you, Sandy. I think that's so important. And I think maybe not just even love addiction, could we even go larger and say that all addiction is about?
0: Well, you know... I mean, because I mean, getting high
1: is totally checking out. It is. Well,
0: and it's it's a, a checking out from the feelings of, you know, the self-deprivation, you know, which began with deprivation. You know, we were deprived as kids, and then we... So we learn. So we self-deprive. And that's, you know, and it's usually from love. Well, I know
2: for me, just, you know, as a child, you know, in my family... You know, I learned to be wantless and needless at a very, very early age. And that was a survival mechanism for me. And it worked when I was little. That was the thing, because if I asked for anything, I was told no, so I learned not to ask. Um, But as an adult, that doesn't really work for me. (laughs) That doesn't work. It's left me, and it's sort of, you you know, so I think that, I don't know about all addiction. I mean, my theory on addiction is that you know, at some point, we were all very deeply wounded. You know, addicts were very deeply wounded, and we all deal with our wounds by medication. By medicating, whether it's with drugs, alcohol, sex and love, gambling, you name it. Yeah, that's that's the mechanism we learned, and that's you know. And thankfully, for a lot of us, we found
0: recovery. So but, let's talk a little bit about that, uh, the recovery and the solution. Um, you for know, anorexia? Yeah. So, what is it like? So, for me, I know like showing, like wanting to go inward and, and, and being quiet and busy and not um, revealing my true self. The solution would be, you know, because it's a disease of not doing, not doing, not doing. Then I have to do those things, I have to show who I really am. And I have to undo some of the busyness and either, you know, participate in a, in a way that I'm uncomfortable, like what you mentioned is like doing events that come up or gatherings that come up that social things that I'm like, Ooh, no, I can't do that. I've got to go to yoga. You know, I can't do that. I've got a meeting over here, you know, and reduce some of that stuff and then participate in life that way. That, You know, and I think the biggest thing is for me to just to be authentic um, in all areas. And that's the part that really scares me. So what about you, Sandy? Well, I would say um, a couple things. First of all,
2: I think that if you're if somebody is in recovery and working a program. um, So I think if you're in recovery, one one thing is to get a sponsor and to work on your anorexia with that sponsor and find um, find some safe people to, to work on the anorexia with. One of the problems with anorexia is we just don't feel safe. And so, um, so I think that within the recovery community, it's important to work on your anorexia and to go to anorexia meetings and to find a sponsor who can help you work through it, there are steps. There are steps for anorexia. It's not this vague notion that's out there. There's literature, and there are ways to combat it. So I would say that that was one thing somebody could do. Um, a second thing is is that when you recognize that you're feeling anorexic or you're feeling shut down, when you recognize that feeling. It's like Elizabeth said, you know, push push beyond that boundary. You know, if somebody calls you and to go for a walk and you don't really feel like doing it, do it anyway. Push yourself. Mm. Go anyway. Get out. Um, I think with anorexia, a lot of times we just have to push ourselves. And although pushing yourself is not completely the solution, the solution I think comes very incrementally. I mean, push yourself to go, you know. Try to connect, understand that your lack of connection is what's causing pain and work work around that. So I would say that though, but I would, but more than anything, find support in right. your community. The support is
1: there, find it, use it. And also the literature. There's a there's lot, a of, lot of literature, literature out and there. And
2: there's a new piece of literature that just, is, it just has come out. It's called the Anorexia Recovery Tool Workbook and um you can get it on the fws website and it's a really good piece of literature it's got it's it's very solution-based and there's stories in there and so um yeah i mean that's that's also another thing and um
0: okay well that's been really helpful and absolutely I, I think thank that, you like, for all of that yes exactly sure. thanks for being our guest and um, we just want to encourage you to, if you enjoy our podcast, to like and share them. Sharing them is a really important aspect of it. And if you make a comment, um, you can find us. Um, don't forget, if you have a question or something, you can email us at uh, Sober Sisters talk at gmail.com. And we also have a website. It's talk.com
1: and then you can also find this podcast on itunes we are now approved on itunes so go into itunes and click on sober sisters talk and we also have a Facebook page and I think a YouTube page, yes, right? Yes. And a YouTube channel. Yes. So yeah. So go, just go into YouTube and search for sober sisters talk and it should come up
0: and like, and share us. And um, if you have a question, don't forget we're open, you know, we love, and we love your feedback too. So we'd love to hear what you have to say about our podcast. You know, it's like, it's people like you that this is why we're doing this. And thank you again for listening. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you so much. Oh, Sandy. Sure.
2: And I, the only thing, let me just say one thing in community conclusion um which is you truthfully you are not alone and there is you know reach out people are available and really probably within your own world with friendships that you have and people that know you and love you reach out you are not
1: alone amen to that amen thank you so thank much you. thank next you next time bye bye